All right. All right. Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, everyone. I am your host, Nika Sherell, and this is the ITCAST Real Talk on Sex. The ITCAST is our community outreach podcast that aims to increase diversity in conversations on health and sexuality. Through this work, we are creating a world where all people feel loved, honored, and respected. Join us starting next week for the Power of Touch Healing and Pleasure series starting on Wednesday the 10th. Do you want more happiness, less stress, and more restful sleep? This five-part workshop series is designed just for you. Come and join us with Queen Reverend Mutima Imani for a five-week journey. So, uh, also, you can support the ITCAST and all of the work we do by visiting the itcast.com, subscribe to this YouTube channel, and share with your community. This week's topic is Real Talk on Accepting Self-Acceptance. Joining us this week is Eco, the wandering love mystic. Eco is the founder of Enlightened Consent Foundation, which is a global paradigm shift in how humanity relates to sexuality and sexual expression. Eco, please join us on the show. Hello. Hello. Ah, how are you doing today? I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here on, uh, on the ICAST. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for the work that you do and, you know, for being here today. So tell us a little bit about yourself and sure. yeah. <laughs> So I walk all the lines. I identify in part as queer, gender fluid, kinky switch, polyamorous, pansexual, uh, demisexual, um, and uh, also pagan. Uh, one of the things that I have been uh, known as uh, over the past number of years is a sacred sexuality shaman as I've been working with people and helping them to really delve into what is their authentic sexuality and what is their authentic sexual expression. What is it that's in your heart and soul that wants to go and come out and be expressed and actually live? And uh, in the past couple of months, I have transmuted that a little bit into becoming the wandering love mystic, going from place to place, uh, being able to offer teachings and trainings, et cetera. Nice. Beautiful. Thank you um, for, you know, just really expanding the conversation. Um, could you please define pansexual and demisexual and then also describe just a little bit around paganism and so that we can really be present to those things and how they show up in the world? Sure. Uh, so let's see. Uh, first off, um, pansexual, uh, that is more about being attracted, at least for me, what it is, is being attracted more by a person's energy and, and the, the way of being and not necessarily by their genitalia that they happen to uh, be born with or what they were assigned at birth. Uh, so uh, with that, there are uh, you know, feminine body people who I, I really love and find myself attracted to and there are other feminine body people who have been like no you, you don't attract me in the slightest uh likewise there are those who are, are masculine body that are like <laughs> yummy and juicy <laughs> and, and others that are like okay you, you look nice i don't really care 
that also somewhat plays into being a demisexual. Demisexual is part of the asexuality spectrum. And for a demisexual, uh, I need a, a mental and emotional connection to someone else before I really have asexual interest in them. And you can have like the quote unquote hottest people on the planet and put them in front of me. And if I don't really care about them or don't have that connection with them, I'll find them aesthetically pleasing. It's like, no, I I don't want to be sexual um, with you at all. And for me, that kind of mental and emotional connection, what that looks like is I want to talk about something that really matters to your heart. Uh, it's something that that matters to you in your life, um, you know, something that goes deeper beyond talking about weather or sports. Hmm. I had no idea that demisexual had anything to do with the asexuality conversation. Thank you for opening that up. Um, yeah, that's huge. We 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 love to talk about conversations that expand knowledge and thought base. So, thank you. You're welcome, uh, Nika. And in regards to paganism, uh, paganism is a large uh, kind of umbrella term that basically goes for anything that falls outside of the um, Abrahamic phase of like uh, Judaism, Christianity, Islam. Uh, so uh, a, a lot of pagan um things uh more refers to they're usually polytheistic which means it goes with a a multiple god um hence the pantheon uh which some of the older mythologies would be considered um would be considered pagan like um the egyptian gods and goddesses uh the greek gods and goddesses uh the um Celtic gods and goddesses, the uh, Norse god and goddesses would be examples of the uh, paganism uh, in different forms. Wow. Okay. I get that. Um, I had someone explain paganism to me one time as like um, practices by indigenous peoples. And that in itself kind of blew my mind. So I love this connection to like the historical context and, you know, where we, where we've seen it and not actually like seen it as this other thing. It's like, it's a part of, um, it's a part of like our history. Um, so I love this. Um, you talk sexuality and I really wanna like dig into that a little bit and in this conversation around self-acceptance. So, sure. yeah. So it, it may be useful for me to go and share a bit some of my own journey uh, of where I've been in this conversation for, Uh, over 17 years at this point. And uh, back in 2004, I was still identifying as a a straight cis male and didn't really know much uh, about even how to attract a a girlfriend for myself. So I started to go into the one thing that I knew how to do well, which was being a good student and doing research and reading. So I, I picked up a book by David D'Angelo uh, called Double Your Dating. And in that book, I uh, came across this idea that there were women that I could go and approach that would uh, that I could go and say that I want to date you, I want to have sex with you, and I don't want to be exclusive. Now, having been born and raised out in the Midwest in Minnesota, yeah, sure, you bet you, don't you know? 
That's, uh, the, the whole idea that, you know, there were actually be women out there that would be genuinely okay with that and wouldn't be like freaked out. You're cheating on me kind of thing blew my mind. And uh, as I got uh, to explore this a little bit more, what I found is that it was part of my natural self-expression to actually be non-monogamous by my nature. And I also found that if I didn't have that mental or emotional connection, even if I did have sex with that person, it wasn't satisfying for me. Yeah. So I, I just want to jump in and take a second to point out the regional cultural difference that you pointed to. Like I, I want to, one of the things that I'm present to is that where you are impacts and affects how you operate sexually, how you engage with other people. And it makes a huge difference to how we feel about ourselves in the realm of accepting. It's like, if no one operates like you, then where do you fit in? So please continue. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That makes a, a huge difference. And um, part of the thing that I help my clients to go and deconstruct and being like, instead of, you know, th th this is what your your family says you should go and do. This is what your, your community around you says you should do. This is what your religion tells you you should and shouldn't do. And instead of going delving into what is it that I actually want for me? What is it that I desire for me? And one of the main premises that I teach my clients is the, the whole concept where as long as you and the people involved are actually consenting to it and you're honoring your existing relationship agreements, it doesn't matter what anyone else outside that thinks or feels about what you're doing. Yeah. Mm, it's not their business. Yeah, it's not their business. It's not really actually affecting them. And it, it, we don't have these relationships inside of a inside of a vacuum. And I recognize that, which is why I also um, recognize, especially in ethical non-monogamy, um, that's important to also be mindful of like, what is it that you're, what are your existing relationship agreements? Uh, and going back to what I was saying before with like, I, I found non-monogamy to be a part of my, in my natural self-expression and since i need that mental emotional connection i found that polyamory which uh that was a coined term uh, a coin a term that was coined uh back in 1991 uh by morning glory zell who happened to be the wife of uh the the church of all worlds founder oberon uh the church of all worlds being the oldest legally recognized um neo-pagan church in the united states and uh, who I'm also been an ordained minister with for over four years. And uh, the, the term polyamory um, breaking down literally translates to many loves. And because that is love-based and not sex-based, uh, a polyamorous relationship can or cannot include a, a sexual relationship along with it, because it's more about the mental emotional connection that goes along with it. Mm. Wow. You know, I, I knew the term that many loves, but it never occurred for me that like those relationships are separate from sexual relationships. It can definitely include sex. The thing is, it does not have to include sex. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, huh. and with that, it is a, it can look however you want it to go and actually look like what is it that you actually want to go and have it to it. It doesn't need to be um need to be uh something that actually has sex along with it or not uh which is a 
a beautiful design, in my opinion, because, you know, it, once again, going back to being a demisexual and also uh, in looking, going to honor the uh, uh, the ace community that is out there being like, you know, it's completely valid if you don't want to have sex and you still want to have the romance or for the um, for those who are arrows, the aromantics, mm-hmm. you can have the sex without the romance. And it's like, that's completely valid, too. What is your sexual expression how do you want to go and have it or not have it (laughs) right right um and you know some of what you're or what you're saying points back to that self-acceptance piece um you know you pointed that like whatever anyone else is thinking has nothing to do with what's going on inside of the way that you are dealing with relationship and what I got is like if you're inside of a relationship and you're constantly worried about what everyone else is thinking you're not actually accepting yourself you're not allowing those things to be okay right right you know, and uh, I had a relationship with a with an older woman uh, a number of years ago and um, you know she was like a lot of my lovers have actually been older um, one of my particular kind of kinks uh, and she actually had a lot of pushback and guff from uh, several of her friends and uh, what the place that she actually eventually came to was she had a direct honest conversation it was like look I love this person I'm choosing to be in a, in a relationship um, with them and if you have something that is like just disparaging or, or you know think is bad or wrong i don't want to go and hear it mm-hmm. and uh, I, i'm honored that she actually stood up to me from that and I, I do recognize it being that directly honest and being true to yourself does have certain potential costs with it and because of the uh, relationship that i had and also the the ds dynamic dominant submissive relationship that i had with her uh, her own adult daughter chose to cut her out of her life. Wow. I hate to hear that. Um, and well, one of the things that you started up was like, just this this uh, affinity and, and relatedness that like, I love older people too. And I don't see anything wrong with that like connection. I think mm-hmm. if you are a willing consenting adult, you get to participate in whatever, whatever you want with whomever you want. Um, and then on the other side, that that's not uncommon. Like mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate, but it's not uncommon. And I think about it like people have been ostracized. They've been kicked out of their homes, their families, like these things because of how they choose to operate sexually, which has nothing to do with who they, who they really are inside. I hope I didn't freeze there. Um, you, you seem solid for me. Awesome. And uh, I know that that has been a big challenge for those who identify in the LGBTQ plus community. And that has been a, a newer conversation for me where it was only a little over three years ago where I, I was going through a, a personal growth course uh, that was on communication and people um, kept going and reflecting to me and being like, there's something getting me in the way with like, connecting with you can't go and put my finger on it don't know exactly what it is and at that point i've been i had been sworn like this big bushy beard for like four years because i i transitioned into wanting to really put myself out there more as as being this relationship coach and 
when I thought of like, what does a stereotypical relationship coach or guru look like? And I thought of the, you know, the, the, the big wise and the beard kind of look. So I grew that out. And yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so with that, um, at the end of the course, through what I can only describe it as like divine inspiration, I actually cut and completely shaved off my beard um, at, at the like last day of the course. And I, I also did something that I'd never done in public form before. I also put on a blouse, a skirt, and pantyhose. And I showed up that way um, dressed in feminine clothing for the first time in my adult life, out intentionally public like that, which I got a standing ovation. And yeah. it, it was absolutely beautiful. And I, I loved it. And um, I, I recall that the, the seminar leader was like, this is an authentic part of who you are. And as long as you are not honoring this, as long as you don't show this part of yourself, uh, there's going to be something that's missing and not working in your life. And he's totally yeah. right about that. And uh, I, I even... Uh, there was a, a gay male couple in the back of the room that was like so touched, moved, inspired by me showing up like that, that they literally paid a hairdresser friend of theirs um, to cut and dye my hair pink for the first time. Oh my God, that makes me so happy. Yeah. And since then, I've often had pink hair as a way to outwardly express the feminine parts of myself, regardless of how the rest of my body is dressed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I love that, like living out loud and living authentically, um, you know, as you were pointing out inside the LGBTQ community, as well as many other communities around sex and sexuality, whether it's BDSM and kink or, you know, um, other forms of polyamory, there's like a hidden double life. There's like a, this is my private space and a lot of that comes from like the fact that we don't accept these things wi widely or understand them widely um yeah so I think uh, yeah anyway oh, <laughs> um and um also I'll I'll give another piece of like um, back 17 years ago, uh, after I discovered the ethical non-monogamy and started to go into the dating realm with what I had learned from that one book, uh, I came across this Craigslist ad. Do you remember when Craigslist ads still had their personals? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> and in this Craigslist ad, it, it was written by a woman that said, Prometheus was bound for all of eternity. And the rest of the ad said, this girl only wants to be tied up for a single hour. And she's like, okay, I, 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 I loved Greek mythology. So I was familiar with the story about Prometheus being bound. So, so I wrote her back a message uh, of like how I would bind her. Uh, um, I, I would go and tie her up and bind her and that uh, I'd stoke the, the fires of her desire for, uh, um, for what was going on and basically referencing the, the story of Prometheus and ended it with, at the end of the hour, you'll be begging for release, but not from your restraints. Ooh, ooh, see? And what I like about that is that it really has to be like, like there's a level of intellect that went into that, I would say negotiation. Like there was a conversation that you two were having. And if you didn't connect on that level, it like no one else would have gotten that message. Like unless they were present. 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And um, with that, um, with that um, going on, I I had a um, I, that basically entered into my first DS dynamic, which I, I didn't really know that much about the whole BDSM realm um, at the beginning uh, either. So I, I started to fall into that and just happened to find myself in this whole new realm and and found, hey, here's another part of my authentic sexual expression that is going on. Mm-hmm. And um, through that, I, I started out over on the dominant side. Um, and for those who are not familiar, uh, basically um, BDSM stands for bondage and discipline, domination, submission, sadism, masochism. There's about like eight main branches of it and like hundreds of ways each of those branches can go and look. So it's kind of like a choose your own adventure and you don't have to be into any one particular branch to be into, into any other branch. Uh, so within that, uh, uh, I, I started into my first DS relationship, which uh, dominant is the one who does something to the other person. Submissive is usually the one who's, who's receiving it. She became my first submissive um, with it. And I, I found um, through that, that there are parts of me that loved being on the dominant side. And through further exploration, I also found that I had submissive needs of my own. And if I did not have the submissive um, part of me uh, fed often enough, it actually undermined my ability to show up in that strong dominant energy. Yeah. Mm. So there is a, a way in which they feed like into each other. There's a connectedness. Um, this was something that we talked about in previous conversations uh, around thinking that your sexuality is broken. And as we're talking about all these different, you know, like nuances of sexuality and ways to express, um, I, I want to address that, like, the, in that within the conversation of acceptance. Yeah. Because uh, the, the self-acceptance is a huge piece and component. Uh, because one of the things that is, uh, whether you want to see it as an unfortunate truth or not, is that I am the only person who is guaranteed to be with me um, for my entire life. I, I know that um, I, I have an ex-wife and you know th- there were promises and intentions that I... I had made of like, you know, to, to death to us far, we're going to be, or other lovers even that were like, uh, you know, you're going to be in my in my life for as long as you're alive and, and vice versa. And for the most part, that really hasn't worked out. Uh, and a lot of us spend time trying to go and like, uh, and I find this so much more with the feminine uh, who are like, often make themselves into whatever they think the other person wants, the other person needs. And I find so few have actually delved into what is it that turns me on? What is it that I desire? What, what do I actually need? And um, self-worth and self-acceptance goes a lot into that of like um, just being able to feel that you're actually worthy and deserving to actually have wants and needs in the first place. Yeah, that's big. That's big. And I, I completely agree. Um, you know, I, I don't know. 
I think that you're right on the on the feminine spectrum. It's something that's ingrained and taught to us. Like there is a, a conversation around appeasing because that is a way to make like to feel safe or to, you know, like not to upset the other person to appease them so that you feel safe and secure in however it goes. And at the same time, like I get it. I'm like, oh, that sounds so codependent and that's real. And I have spent many, many times in my life trying to think of what the other person thinks is going to please me and then living into that. And it wasn't until recently that I really got flat of like, I actually deserve to get what I want and I deserve to acknowledge what I want. And that's a lot, like, that's a level of self-acceptance that is so new to me. <laughs> yeah. And Last couple of weeks new. <laughs> well, congratulations on, on that new, um, on that new development that is really exciting and awesome. And it is like, yeah, uh, one of the, the things that I've seen have, have transformed uh, a lot of my clients is that whole belief that, yes, I do deserve to actually have needs and desires. I deserve to, to get what it is that I want, what I desire. I'm not just here for everybody else, which in, in, in my own struggles has gone back and forth with um, you know, th th this idea of what is it that I'm actually going for versus um, what is it that uh, the other person wants and needs? Because, you know, um, and one of the reflections I had early on in my relationships in my 20s was I, I, I had uh, lovers and relationships who chastised me for being selfish, for, for not considering them. And it's... Autonomy uh, uh, of choice is one of my top 10 needs. And uh, for those of you uh, who know of NVC, nonviolent communication, uh, one of the main premises that they, uh, that they put forth is the idea that um, there are like 72 universal needs that everybody has. However, not everyone places the, the same priority on, on those needs rather than others. So one person like myself might have a freedom of choice uh, as a very high priority need while another person might require safety as one of their top needs, uh, which can be in conflict because it'd be like, no freedom, adventure, no safety and security. Yep. <laughs> and uh, that can make relationships more challenging. Uh, though it's good to have an awareness of what is actually um, going on for that. <sighs> Excuse me a second. Uh, the, the person is, there's someone knocking at the door. Uh, um, <laughs> can you hold on for just one second? I apologize for this interrupting our live thing going on, but I'll, I'll be just right back. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, so yeah, you know, in the conversation of autonomy of choice, that's, that's really huge. Um, for anyone out there listening, uh, take a second to really think about whether or not you choose or choose powerfully, what that looks like for you, um, and uh, and how you can continue to have that, that aspect of your life, that aspect of your voice, or if you don't have it, how to find it. 
um, you know, when I was looking at the last, uh, the last couple of weeks and how I have come to really understand and love myself and start to ask for what I want. I'm not going to lie. It was hard. It was hard. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like beginning to accept my own needs. Um, and when I did, life got a whole lot better, a whole lot better. Um, yeah. Yeah, undeniably so. And it's a little scary. It's a little risky to ask for what you need, but it feels good in the end. Um, I'm trying to think if there's an actual story that I can share on YouTube. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, there is a, so I'm starting to date. I haven't dated in a very, very, very long time. We're about to get personal because we're waiting for uh, our guests to show back up, but we're going to get personal. So, uh, so when it comes to dating. <laughs> I, I, I am back though. I, I need you to restart my video or invite me to. I can it off. do that. Thank you. <laughs> There we I go. apologize for, for that interruption. Uh, just okay. Hi. Hi. No, wow. we're back. We're back, and thank you for saving me from having to tell that story another time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe I should have just hung on a little bit longer than waited because now I'm like, ooh, juicy story that's about to get really vulnerable. I, I love oh. vulnerable juicy stories. Uh, Are you willing to tell it anyways? Okay. 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 Uh, okay. Um, so I've started dating recently or not dating, wanting to date. <laughs> and, um, I went to this event like a week ago and I met this really, really beautiful person. Um, and I asked them to spend time with me and we did, and we sat out under the stars and I got to put my arm around them and just be calm and still with another person. Um, it was very, very sweet. It was probably one of the sweetest moments I've ever had laying on the lawn in front of a hotel randomly, but it felt really, really special. Um, and I will save the juicier stuff for off of the live feed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, come on. How much of this is real talk then if you're holding back like that? <laughs> I can't believe I'm on the spot like this. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. This is part of what I do. I go and call people out on their stuff. very awkward silence <laughs> yeah i can go and sit with the awkwardness can you <laughs> you're not in the hot seat right now um... <laughs> you're right i'm not this is my realm this is my jam and part of what got me into the the whole relationship coaching realm in the first place was uh realizing that i had more and more people from how i'd grown myself into being like 
I've never told anyone this, this before and da 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 and getting into some of their most intimate desires and fantasies and being like, yeah, just being completely okay with that. And uh, what I, I do in my work is that I, I work with people who have seen themselves as, um, as unlovable, as uh, undesirable, as unworthy, and help them move to a place where they get to feel like they belong, that they're loved and they're honored for who they are um, through me accepting them of their authentic sexual, uh, or their authentic sexuality. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the heart of the story actually wasn't what happened between the person and I, but how much I actually got to accept myself in that conversation. Mm. I grew up with a lot of religious trauma and a lot of like hurt there and fear of connecting with people or that people would see who I was. And I experienced so much freedom. Like I used to think, oh my God, I'm going to hell because I'm queer. Oh my God, I'm going to hell because I like BDSM. Oh my God, I like, what am I gonna do? Save my eternal soul. Yeah. And <laughs> I get that. I got to I got to be with this person without that level of fear. And it drastically altered my experience of getting to be with anyone. It was like. I don't have to be afraid to connect and to love. Yeah, actually, in my, and this is part of where all of my spiritual teachings and faith going, um, come back in into is that ultimately we are here for that love, for that connection. And uh, one of the, the things that, um, has been brought to me in a lot of different, uh, in a number of different ways, including from the uh, the Conversations with God uh, book series. And it's a, even the, the movie Conversations with God uh, by Neil Donald Walsh is very profound um, with that, which one of the, the main things that Neil Donald Walsh brings forth is, is the idea of like, if God had one thing to go and say to humanity, what would God say? You've got me all wrong. And with the idea of like, we're given free will and free choice. And within that free choice, why would we be eternally punished for something that we are given the free will choice to go and do or not do? Right. Right. That's real. Like free will and pleasure organs. Like, why would we deny those? Or why would we deny our heart? Or why would we deny, you know, like our minds and anything that we are drawn to. Why? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I had my own rift with the Christian church in, in my early 20s uh, after my my first homosexual experience that I actually had, which uh, I, I I literally got drugged into um, by my, my male roommate and this um, bisexual male fire, male-bodied firefighter named scotty and yeah that was an interesting night and like i i grappled with it because you know the, of some of the things that christianity teaches or at least old testament in regards to like homosexuality and stuff and evil wrong and i i went to the, pa the my pastor at the time with it and had discussion with it and 
and being like, okay, here's what happened. Here's some of the, like the, the stuff I'm wrestling with, with it. And the, the basic dish I walked away with room for him is like, well, homosexuality is wrong. You, you know, you, you, you'll be like, you know, you've sinned because of this. And, you know, and it's like that don't sit right with me. And um, uh, around uh, that similar time, uh, I talked with another wise friend and mentor of mine who actually brought brought me to to my spiritual core by asking me a, a very simple yet profound question of what if the Christian Bible was written for that group of people at that period of time to help humanity survive yeah. and now that we are so much more abundant and spread out on the planet that maybe just maybe not everything, in that um in that christian bible has to apply anymore yeah yeah i think that's completely legitimate um and i've thought about that a lot uh you know looking at theology and looking at what's what's been created what's held me back um yeah there's a lot there there's a lot there um, and I also think that that conversation is around putting others first, you know, as you were pointing out earlier, like not accepting our own desires, not, uh, not being willing to accept ourselves. Um, yeah. So making sure that other people get what they need. Yeah. And it's like, and one of the other things that I've come to go and learn the hard way is that, uh, we can only love and accept someone else's love for us to the level and depth that we have uh, already loved and accepted ourselves first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So it really comes down to an importance of, of how much do I actually love me? Um, how much do I care about me for this? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, tell us a little bit about the work that you do with your clients. You've mentioned uh, a few times, so is it, um, tell us about your practice. Sure. So in my own um, personal coaching practice, I have found that it's really useful for letting the sessions be client-led. So while I have a structure and a frame and like an intake form that goes with, I, I tell my clients that one of the main antidotes to trauma, and just about everyone has experienced trauma on, on different levels, is the restoration of choice and agency. So I will go and say that, you know, I will go and suggest that we can do this, 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 or something else. Because you have your own internal brilliance, you have your own idea of what is the best right next step for you. And it may not even cross my mind, and I want you to be able to speak up to that and have that heard and have that honored. And through this process, um, so many of my clients have just felt so seen and heard and held in love that it's made a profound difference in their lives. And uh, one of the things that I, I, I adore that I've been able to do for some clients were, uh, especially for some of my female uh, identified clients, is that they've been able to um, 
they, they would like use the mirror on a daily basis to like put on makeup and go and get themselves ready and presenting for the day. However, they would not look themselves in the eyes and literally told me, I'm afraid to look myself in the eyes because I don't know if I'll like what I see. I'm afraid that I will go and hate who I see if I actually look myself in my own eyes. Wow. And through the process of, of working with me and helping them come to greater love and self-acceptance, that it comes to a, a, a place of literally being able to go up to a mirror, look themselves in the eyes and say, I love you and I accept you just as you are right now and believe themselves. Mm. Yeah, that's really beautiful. That's really beautiful. Um, okay, all y'all out there, I want you to look into a mirror or a camera as I'm doing right now and say, I love you, I accept you just the way you are. And something else that I do, um, which I completely stole from someone else. I, I got this from T. Harv Ecker at a business course that he actually did. <laughs> But uh, by the power invested in me by no one in particular, I hereby declare you now and forevermore worthy. Ooh, okay, okay. That that's fascinatingly that was uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> sitting with that. And another thing that I share with my clients is that you are worthy. Just as you are right now. You are worthy because you exist. Mm. And there's nothing that you have to do to earn that worthiness. There's nothing you can do or say to lose that worthiness either. You matter to the universe because you exist. Wow. Yeah. Oh. This is did it just get realer for you? <laughs> it did. I'm like, this is self-acceptance way beyond sex. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's part of the all, part of the whole. Sex is a, a, a wonderful expression of it. Yeah. And you know, beyond that, it's all about love, love of self, love of others. And I'll give you another principle of you are me, disguise is not me. I am you disguised as not you. Yeah. We are one. We are. Yes. So when I love me, I'm loving you. When I'm loving you, I'm loving me. There's nothing wrong with being selfish because I'm doing this for me because I love me. And the more I love me, the more I can love you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you for being one to go deep with me. Yeah. Thank you for taking me there. Absolutely. This is what I love. This is what I do. As deep as you can go and as shallow as you need. This is really powerful work. Um, yeah. Yeah. And with that, that is one of the things in 
me being able to walk all the different lines in all the different ways. Being like, I will go down to the, the depths of hell with you and back. I will go up to the ecstasies of heaven and beyond and bring you back. I will go anywhere and everywhere in between and all around, up and down, so you can know the, the wholeness and the beauty that you are in everything. Good, bad, ugly, beautiful, indifferent. You are part of the all, you're a part of the whole and whatever individualized self-expression that you actually have. And I'm here in unconditional love and acceptance and being like, you are perfect exactly as you are right now. Mm. Yeah. Now within that, we still get to have our preferences. We still get to go and have our boundaries in the same this is unacceptable for me. This is not right for me. And doing that is not okay. Just because you love and accept everything doesn't mean that you need to tolerate anything in your life. Yeah. And you get to say that this is not healthy for me and I'm not going to be in this relationship or I'm not going to have that experience. Yeah. You know, a lot of our viewers have... Um, have actually made comments around the fact that they would rather not be sexual or that it's easier for them to not have that, that onus or that obligation to other people because it's so uncomfortable for them. And mm -hmm. largely what I'm hearing is that, you know, like their authentic sexual expression could be many things. It could be that they are asexual. It could be that they have not actually stepped into the sexuality that they want and need. Um, it could be trauma. It could be so many things. And, you know, I, one of the things that I hear you saying is like, it's okay. It's okay to accept that, that level of sexuality, the level of intimacy with yourself, with others, whatever it looks like, whatever it feels like, however it feels right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, you know, how, uh, uh, one of the things a lot of mainstream society says is like, you know, have, have more sex, have better sex, which, right. and, you know, <laughs> you know, and that is like backlashing against the don't have sex at all. Sex is evil, wrong in any way, shape or form, unless you, you know, find someone that's of the opposite gender of you and then go through this specific ceremony, then it's okay. In certain ways, it's like, fuck that shit. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's like what I'm looking to go and bring more to the world in a lot of different ways and through my nonprofit, uh, Enlightened Consent Foundation, it is the, the whole premise of have the sex in the frequency that you want in the way that you want because that's what you want for you. If you want to have it. If you want to have it. And it's like, you know, that's why it's in the frequency that you want for you because if that frequency is zero, that's okay. <laughs> If you want to have the romance, you know, without the sex, you can have that. If you want to have the sex without the romance, you can have that. If you want to have it all, you can have it. If you don't want to have any of it, you can have that. Yes. Tell us about like what are some of the programs that you offer and how can people find out about more about enlightened consent? Sure. Uh, so with the um, nonprofit is uh, enlightenedconsent.org. Uh, the um, Let's see, my personal coaching website is uh, enlightenedconsent.net. Enlightened 
Uh, one of the programs that I just completed and I'm going to be running again, um, probably starting in mid-September is a five-week course uh, called Homeward Bound, An Incredible Inward Journey. And where I, I work with people, uh, primarily with those who are LGBTQ plus identified, and it works for others too, uh, who have felt that they didn't have a home and haven't belonged and have uh, really spent time outside of themselves, um, it, it, you know, searching for themselves for the place of like, where do I go and fit in? And uh, I work with them in getting them into a journey of creating uh, a feeling of home within themselves and a, a feeling of belonging within themselves. So regardless of where they're at in the world, you can feel like you're at home, regardless of who is around you or isn't around you, you feel that you belong. Because when you feel that you're at home, you can feel safer. When you feel that you belong, you can relax. And then if you're creating and generating that within yourself, you can choose who you want to go and invite in and grow that community and draw that attraction around you. By you accepting who you are and loving who you are first and foremost. Because once again, you are the only person that is 100% guaranteed to be with you for your entire life. So you may as well choose to make your relationship with yourself one of your highest priorities. Mm, yes. When is that series starting? I have not set a date for it. It's probably going to be starting just after my summit. Uh, so I'd probably say, let's see, if we look at a calendar, that's a good question. I may as well go and stake my, plant my flag in that for right now. So I will say that I will go and start that on Monday the 13th. All right. All right. December. Monday, December 13th. And tell us about your summit. Sure. Uh, the Enlightened Consent Summit is the, the first major project of the Enlightened Consent Foundation. And for that, uh, we are bringing together tantricas, sex educators, and relationship coaches. Uh, and we're inviting them to go on a journey with us uh, from being a place of being afraid to put yourself out there and just barely getting by to being able to viscerally know your full value, confidently put your offerings out into the world and being able to, um, being able to magnetically attract your clients who are willing and able to pay your full rate. And thank you for the privilege of paying you. I'm going to be there. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that sounds incredible. And I know that there are a lot of people out there in this realm uh, who are doing work around health and sexuality and relationships and coaching um, that make a huge difference in the world. And for us to come together and, you know, create powerfully together is going to make a huge difference as well. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for putting that together. You're um, welcome, Mika. Yeah. All right, is there anything else that you would like to share before we wrap up? Oh, sure. Uh, and if you want to be a part of the uh, Enlightened Consent Summit, that is Enlightened Consent 
summit.com. So you can get more information, actually get tickets for that. And uh, with those uh, who are here and listen to this, I also have a free gift for your audience, um, which is a worksheet on getting to know your sexual desires, uh, helping you delve into what is it that you actually want and need now. And this is effective regardless of if you're in an existing relationship already or whether you are looking at where you're at as a single person and you get to have an honest look and an evaluation uh, for what is actually going on and deciding what do I want at this point in my life and it's okay to actually choose something different that you haven't chosen before mm -hmm. or maybe to ask yourself for the first time what is it that I want and need and desire since I may have been just looking at what do I need to make myself into so other people would actually want and desire me. Wow. Wow. All right. So we are going to post the links to all those sites as well as the sheet into the comments for this video. So please, everyone, keep an eye out. Um, and I am really excited about that worksheet. Really excited about that worksheet. <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. I'm going to finish being flustered and blush later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. The ITCAST is our community outreach podcast that aims to increase diversity in conversations on health and sexuality. Through this work, we are creating a world where all people feel loved, honored, and respected. Check us out this November, starting on November 10th, next Wednesday, we are having a five-week Tantra series, uh, The Healing, The Power of Touch, Healing, and Pleasure, uh, led by Queen Mutima Imani, um, and that is all virtual. Uh, also, on December 13th, Eco, the Wandering Love Mystic, is going to be gracing us with Homeward Bound, the Inward Journey for five-week series. Thank you so much for sharing about that. Cannot wait. Um, and, oh. All right. Um, and so everyone else out there, please visit us on Patreon, support the ITCAST and learn more about our work at theitcast.com. Subscribe to this YouTube channel and share with your community. Thank you, everyone. We will see you here next week. Thank you.